0: It's me, Sean Capri! I'm in my car, and you're listening to the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive! I'm currently in a construction zone, but what else is new? There's only three months of the year we can do this sort of business. I'm on a Skype call with my good friend Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, and this week we got some updates to your Xbox coming in July. Cuphead is animated on the TV and other things, so Luke... Why don't we invite everybody to come on in and jump on in to the Xbox Drive? Who? Come on! Stuck it in there! Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. My best intro yet, Luke. You're you're absolutely right. And the, while the music was playing, you were telling me how great that was. I agree. I felt really One nice, man. One, of, One the best. of the worst. One of the worst. Well, you say the worst. At, we're like the odd couple, you and I. We're something. Hello, Sean Capri. Uh, Luke Floor, how are you, my friend?
1: <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm still reeling yeah. from that intro, I tell you. I tell you. Hey, yo, I've been PC gaming. What is what is this world? But, but Xbox 2. See, hey. it's funny because it's 2, but also... T-O-O. we're really gonna
0: have to like establish this whole like transitionary period like we gotta i think i don't think podcasts have really established what the heck to do with this nonsense that it's xbox everywhere you play everywhere mm-hmm. the games are everywhere xbox is it's the blue pill man i don't even know is it's that the something. right pill i'm not sure well, I, I can't remember
1: i don't actually know what reference you're making i Matrix. would never have
0: known what the one
1: is oh, uh, oh, it's uh, the anagram for neo oh, thanks it. man yeah, you got it uh, um but yeah, it's one of those it's it's strange because, you know, two months removed from from, you know or I guess a month removed from Game Pass Ultimate and I'm over here like downloading games from Game Pass uh, on my PC and I'm playing PC stuff with the Xbox moniker and I'm getting achievements. It's it's strange because I found myself looking last night for a game that I played on console because I was like this would be better on PC. Yep. And it's not on Windows Store. It's on Steam and not on Epic. And I was just, I was.
0: See, kerfuffled. you get it. Remember a, a couple of weeks ago, kerfuffled. I was like, "It's happening to me. I've got. A, I'm mixing up all my launchers." So we get it. We were all making fun of those PC gamers and all the kerfuffle that they got going on with games only being on Epic. Kind of get it a little bit. See,
1: I mean, the only part that I care about within that, I don't care how I launch the game. Uh, I care about achievements and ecosystem. Indeed. Right, I want credit for what it is that I am doing, and that mm-hmm. and that is true, like of, of any of them. Like if it's if I'm on PlayStation, I want my platinums or my silver or my gold. I want my achievements and my gamer score. You know, I'm that, that's something I pursue, and those ecosystems I think are important, and that's I think why you're getting Game Pass for a dollar, and you can upgrade for a dollar, and you yeah, can. Yeah. Well, I think that's over. I think the up dollars
0: up. I think that's it. Or there's like yeah, maybe one day back. left, or maybe it's over. And if you didn't do it, like, come on, man. Um oh, it's Did you know? Back. The other night, we, you and I were playing a little bit of that there Gears of War four, and I was on a PC, and you were on an Xbox. Did you know that? Oh, really? I didn't actually know you were playing on your PC. I was Did I I on PC? I don't yeah. think so. I think we were we were silent partners. I just it was one of those just uh, I just wanted to shut up, turn my brain off, and kill things. And then I look over oh, and there's oh. my friend Luke Lord. He's a big ghost. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I saw you in the match and whatnot. That was a uh, that was fun. I've been enjoying Gears four for like just. I was playing some. I've been playing some ranks to level up and whatnot because a lot of what you're doing in Gears Four right now, you can unlock content for Gears Five. Yeah, and that's been something I've been pursuing is like special characters and weapon skins for Gears Five by way of Gears Four, and it's been a really good time and it's fun because. You know, you can pop in there and just play it. Everybody knows how to play Gears at this point. Just pop in, play some Horde mode or some social matches. And there's a real different vibe there. But I like the idea that we can unlock stuff for a future game.
0: I also like that it seems like um, it's still accessible. Like, you know, in games like Call of Duty is is sort of famous for this, or even like the Battle Royale games, where the the game first comes out and nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's new at it. But you fast forward like a year Mm -hmm. or two, and only the, like, eSports pros are left playing. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the case in, in... Gears of War, at least not that that I'm finding, um, and maybe it's also because we're playing a lot of like PVE stuff. But I feel like I'm contributing mm-hmm. alongside people who have been playing for a long time. So it's uh, the warm, the water is warm, the bath water is warm, everybody.
1: Ah, oh, gosh, gross. Uh, but I, well, I agree with you when it comes to the idea that, of excessive ability, like via the game, because the layers of complexity are in a game, and the longer it's been out, uh, can keep people away. But Gears War it's a place to get people in because you've got P V E, because you've got campaign, because you've got PvP, and because it's on Xbox and PC. You were on your PC, just jumped in and played with me. Yep. I was on my console and that's that's a a simplicity that I think we we are underestimating as we, you know, re up for, for Game Pass for the next few years. Yeah, man. Yeah, it so. was very fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Sean Capri, we've got a number of things to discuss today. Netflix is indeed creating a Cuphead animated series.
0: What do you think about that? I am stoked. Um, I, you know, I think we talk about Studio MBHR quite a lot in the success story that it has sort of befounded them. Um, this makes so much sense, and and um, there's a lot of movement toward trying to um, validate video games by creating movies out of them. I think TV is it, man, and this is such a great fit. Um, the The animation style and, and what they created is so genuine and authentic that this is this is it just seems right like it was both one of those uh, oh wow look what they're doing but also like of course they're doing that like this is kind Mm -hmm. of it's both a surprise and totally expected all at the same time but what about you dude Well, I think um,
1: I often the joke is that Luke loves lore and and I love extended universes within games. And we talk about that, I think, pretty regularly on the show as well. And I'm very glad this exists. Cuphead was never a game that I could. I didn't really master. I didn't get into it, even though I thought it was beautiful. I actually more enjoyed watching other people play it. Yeah. Uh, You know, I would jump in and watch people stream it. And I loved that. And the idea that uh, I think Netflix or the streaming uh, moniker or the, that that medium is perfect for yeah. game translation, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's what Microsoft might have been trying to go after early on in this gen when they were doing the Quantum Break and the, the Halo TV show and that kind of thing. It's probably what they were pursuing, but you know, there's a, a muddled message there. But I think that Cuphead is now established, and Netflix has a success with taking. Previously established IP and doing it well, and I'm thinking about Marvel in this particular case. Um, I, I'm I'm good on it. I like it. And the Castlevania is another precedent set by them as well. They did they had a good press uh,
0: a good Castlevania show. Big time. Uh, that was it, that so. was the one that really. Yeah, that's a great example. And um, Netflix is doing this in-house. It's actually not Studio MDHR who's tasked with um, developing the the um, animation for the series per se. And Mm -hmm. so that's important because we we looked at the DLC being um, pushed out to 2020. So a lot Mm -hmm. lot going on. Those guys are, that that family is very, very busy. Um, I did want to give a quick shout out while we're talking about Cuphead. Um, and as you mentioned that you didn't really get too into it or master it, I found myself with a whole new level of appreciation for Cuphead after watching Alex Van Aken's Van uh, video on YouTube at youtubecom okbeast. an amazing breakdown of what makes Cuphead special. In addition to its um, its animation style, there's a lot going on there. So shout out to Alex Van Aiken, a talented mofo. You know what I'm saying? It's—he uh, is indeed—and handsome one at that. And the point is. It's really
1: lo- What a lovely
0: voice! What a lovely voice, Alex Van Aken.
1: It's Got a it's nice really dad. Cool. We dad. see this with. Right, you're killing I'm me, done. here. You're killing me. Okay. It's really neat to me when you see players that are good at something, take it to the next level. When you see somebody master something, well, what they would with their elite level play, uh, to me, it really takes a game beyond what i understand it to be when i watch a master uh play it and seeing someone like alex or 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 better play something like cuphead it really opens my mind to like oh this is what i didn't understand about parrying about jumping
0: about Mm -hmm. maneuvering
1: and firing Mm -hmm. at certain times yeah there's something special about that with gaming you know yeah Oh, goodness gracious. We mentioned Gears of War earlier in the show. And while we are enjoying Gears 4 and unlocking things for Gears 5, Gears 5 has a versus multiplayer tech test coming on July 17th. This is the first of uh, many chances for people to play Gears 5 preceding its launch uh sean are you going to be diving into the tech test
0: i am nodding dangerously because i really need to be focusing on the road because i'm in my car ball um yeah man i am so stoked and you know me i go back and forth on what to experience before a game comes out because i uh I'm sold on this game. There's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I have Game Pass Ultimate. We're playing this four days early. Um, mm-hmm. So because we have Game Pass Ultimate, uh, we have access to this test. Uh, like mm-hmm. anybody else who's either pre-ordered it or has Game Pass Ultimate. Um, so with all that said, like I, I usually go back and forth between should I kind of get my fill before the game comes out? Or just wait until it does and kind of have my, my fresh presents on Christmas morning. But this one, I don't think I can wait, dude. The, um, my anticipation is reading a, a, just a fever pitch with us playing Gears 4 and our experience at E3. Like, I, I just cannot wait to get my hands on this game again. But I don't know. Am I alone in this? Are we playing together? Well, you're not alone. I'm
1: absolutely yes. going to be playing it, and something that I really appreciate, and I, and I remember, I think it was Crackdown one or two doing this, mm-hmm. but I really appreciate when games have uh, betas or, or tech tests or something like something early on demos that unlock things in the game proper. Yeah, and if you go through the tour of duty in in these tech tests, uh, you unlock content for the game, and I really appreciate that. I don't need my progress per se to to carry over. But I do want to feel rewarded for my time. And maybe that goes back to my ecosystem uh, approach and and wanting achievements and credit for what I'm doing within that ecosystem. Mm -hmm. But the idea that I'm unlocking weapon skins or, or characters or uh, banners, just something to recognize my time with the, with the game. I appreciate that. And because it's Gears, Sean,
0: yeah. we've talked
1: before about I mean, it's it's Gears, so like you know what you're getting. You put yeah. up Gears 1, you can play it next to Gears 4, and you understand those systems, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the little tweaks and, and uh, minutiae there. So I'm excited for it. I don't feel like I need to hold off, whereas in some games I would. I would absolutely be in on this and unlocking things for Gears 5.
0: I feel like this game is ready and that there's just this... I don't know. There's this sort of quiet confidence, and maybe I'm. This is me being a bit of a fanboy, but I feel like they I feel like this game is ready. And um, the comment that I would say about that is, fall is nuts. September, October, November are insane for video games. <laughs> there are like my pre-order list is absolutely bonkers. Um, is really? It really is. Actually, Walmart had a sale. Amazon had a small sale, and it's like everything from like Fire Emblem, which is coming out in a couple weeks, which is on. Uh, Nintendo Switch to Jedi Fallen Order to mm-hmm. Call of Duty, which I got on for a good price. Like, a bunch of stuff, man. You're, you're usual hitters with a lot of the—and Borderlands 3. Um, mm-hmm. So with all this said, it's super important for Gears to come out and capture your imagination and mind space ahead of time. And I think that's what these, these um, tech demos kind of do. They're, they're glorified demos, glorified betas. It's just a matter of um, getting your attention and going, like, over here, Gears is happening. Like Mm -hmm. instead of just trying to get you paying attention to a new cycle, it's play this game and then locking you in on that cycle so that you're a surefire thing for day one. Absolutely, I agree,
1: and I think you're you're hitting it dead on. It's funny because four months ago I was like, man, I don't see what's happening in the fall. I'm excited for Control, Star Wars, maybe, and now as we are starting to ramp up, get closer, we've seen Borderlands, we've seen more gears. We recognize uh, kind of the mainstays that come out in that in that uh, season. I am excited for this fall, uh, but I still don't know where my game of the year conversation would mm. will go. Mm -hmm. And that's a strange thing. Nothing's standing out because the stuff that I liked this year uh, has not been the mainstay. Whereas like when I like Breath of the Wild or The Witcher, like everybody was talking about it. I've been out of that conversation this year. And so I'm curious to see where we land six months from now. uh, Time removed from kind of the slate that has come in 2019. Yeah, man. Uh, let's see the division two uh, is offering a free update with new missions and a new mode called expeditions. And it's also going to be, uh, adding matchmaking in a new g- difficulty for the game's first raid. And that to me is the, the key part there. Yes. I appreciate a free update, new missions. Cause you and I both love division two, uh, but matchmaking in a raid, that's always a, a hot topic amongst, uh, end game players and players that get very deep into those, those worlds, um, anything does this do anything for you does this bring you back to the division
0: the new content does i'm not i'm not raid ready but you and i were talking just before we started recording about how i'm bouncing around from game to game and i'm just like this is the type of thing where i'm like i'm I'm floating around i don't know what i want to do next and then i'm like division's like hey we got something else i'm like yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i need to do i just need that little something something to to bring me back so tonight it's going to be the division two night my friend
1: Oh, that's so good. Yeah. When you, whenever you do your game, uh, so if you guys don't know, when Sean streams on uh, Twitch.tv slash SeanCapri, uh, sometimes he gets gamer paralysis, <laughs> something that I think we've all been afflicted with. And he's like, I don't know what I want to play. And then yeah. you watch him bounce around. And then he creates elaborate polls and systems where we have to figure out what Sean Capri is going to play. And you just never know. Yeah, so I think a PC this is game it. game last night. Chaos Bane? Is that what it was called? It was, it was
0: on Xbox One, actually. It's a Warhammer Chaos Bane. And I think think between the two of us and many listeners as well have seen warhammer games prop up and crop up and you just kind of go like they, they sort of happen and and then you just mm-hmm. go about your day like warhammer oh. is a um it's a storied franchise and property that many people know as a tabletop game um from way back in the day you have your little characters mm-hmm. and i think i'm pretty su- sure toby thornton is painting those on a daily basis um well
1: i equate i equate warhammer to like eve like it has its ho- own culture that Well, technically gaming, but, like, there's a whole Warhammer culture.
0: I think, yeah, very Magic, like, very Magic the Gathering type of, like, the people who know it, they love it, and they will kill babies for it, I think. Uh, Or maybe even small children. They're they're very aggressive. So this Chaos Bane. Yeah, you were playing. It, I thought you were playing it on PC. Tell tell me what type
1: of game this is, uh, <laughs> and then explain to me about this console perversion.
0: Because now it, I'm intrigued. It is. It is a console. It's a console. I guess it does kind of look like a very like because it's just so you know what it's just so nerdy. Warhammer in and of itself is <laughs> it's just so damn nerdy. Um, but the game, mm-hmm. I I would like to call it a top down isometric action RPG, which sounds a whole lot like Diablo because it plays, looks, and feels and smells a whole lot like. Diablo, my friend. Um, Diablo. Yeah, I I wanted I wanted BadBit to do an intro for the show as Deckard Cain. Deckard Uh, Cain. Oh, it's me. It's Bad. (laughs) Jack and <laughs> Kane, I'm in. I'm on my horse. <laughs> right ah.
1: The end of times.
0: So this, I mean, I could I could go on and like this is a, this is a game that I can turn off my brain and the systems. Everything works exactly the same as Diablo, at least up until this point. Um, mm-hmm. Late last night, I unlocked a a skill tree that might open something else up, but everything that I can see, uh, it looks, feels, plays a lot like Diablo, which is a good thing. But my question mm-hmm. to you, and the thing that I was asking myself in the chat last night was, there are certain genres that we play, kart racers is a good example, um, mm-hmm. where, like, do we need more than one type of this game? Like, do we need more more than just Diablo? Should I have just been playing Diablo <laughs> last night? Do we need more than a Mario Kart in the kart racer? Mm-hmm. Um, shooters are immune to this. Shooters, we've been okay with being many, many shooters, and... Um, Oddly enough, those are maybe the worst offender for for feeling so similar to each other. But what's your take on this, man? Do we need another Diablo type of game? You know, though, it's, it's
1: strangely like in my mind, I jump to this like hugely capitalistic approach. That, yes, they push each other to be better, yeah, and one yeah. makes another, and, the, and that that is the right answer. But I feel so cliche in yeah. saying that. Um, the, the answer is yes. You know, simply put, the answer is yes. I don't mind it. I think Warhammer. Uh, is a good example because it does have that that extra culture uh, mm-hmm. that, that exists with all those books and novels and tabletop. And there's so much there for that fan. And there's something there for the gamer that wants maybe a Diablo clone. Maybe they've maxed out on what Diablo has do- can do for them, or maybe yeah. they just want something different because they don't want to be part of the mainstay. Some of the reason that, battlefield was popular was because it wasn't called duty yeah, good point point. and you know like there's a relevance to that and there is something to be to be noted there um but as you were playing i noted the game was beautiful it looked like you were not struggling with controls now i'm i'm surprised to hear you were on console playing it how did it translate with the controller
0: I think Diablo uh it's funny because Diablo's um DNA is in PC like it started on PC and then many mm-hmm. would many would suggest that Diablo 3 is best played on console um mm-hmm. And I would agree with this one here as well. Like I think this felt very natural on on PC. I'm playing as a an elven archer, and she's got these great uh, abilities, and and allowed me to by myself. I'm playing solo. I can take on swarms and swarms of enemies. It's got that very. It's a very satisfying gameplay loop where I, I enter a room and all these demons and hordes and all these things come at me I'm like I got this I got my swirling knife or I got these these swirling a lot of swirling things actually as it turns out I can mm-hmm. I can summon this dude that looks like Groot and it's like this tree monster that fights on my behalf so I feel like all I'm missing at this point is like I, I need a friend I need a partner I need somebody to play this with because co-op in Diablo is so amazing and for me not really having a, a connection or history with Warhammer um, I'm just I'm just kind of approaching the uh the lore i'm I'm not this is not the game to really dive into warhammer lore it presents it at a surface level and then gives Mm -hmm. you very accessible gameplay so i'm enjoying it it's just not it's not that extra level of like oh my god i'm thinking about this all the time because i love warhammer it's i guess it's just missing that one piece for me that may lead me to play the division tonight well, all right, last question then. How did this end up on your radar? Library, man. Um, I saw this uh, release, and is the thing. This game, like all Warhammer games, it seems, just come and go all the time, and I saw a screenshot. I'm like, I, w- I want to play a Diablo kind of game. I definitely want to check that out. So I fired it up from the library, and it finally came in. So that's uh, just trying to keep my costs down. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Smart man. Yeah, Smart man. Uh, I tackled The reason I was asking
1: so much about the... The controller is because I tackled a game called They Are Billions. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is originally a PC game uh, that is basically Age of Empires, except you're preparing for zombies. And then it becomes tower defense in this like Warcraft three open world. And it was originally on PC and it came to console. Well, having I'm a veteran of the RTS genre mm. and I love the console RTSs. <laughs> um, you know, Fairly well. Uh, Halo Wars is a mainstay for me, as amusing as that might be for some. Uh, but They Are Billions is clearly a very good game that is awful, awful to control on oh. Xbox One. Oh. And it's it was so strange because I played it for a couple hours and I really like the game. But trying to use a controller mm-hmm. just was, was epic levels of frustrating. It reminded me of when I played Warcraft 2 on PlayStation 1 way back in the day and I would played wow. it on PC as well but like Starcraft you know what I'm saying? 64 like,
0: yeah it was just so
1: frustrating to try and control and it mm-hmm. led me Halo to War.
0: I'm just kidding I'll drop kick somebody <laughs> no but
1: I'll t- like <laughs> <laughs> It was so funny. I was like, all right, all right. I clearly love this game. And I got a yeah. code for a review um, okay. on console. And I was like, all right, I clearly love this game. But controlling it is a nightmare wow. on console. And I would tell everybody, don't get it on console. I would, I, If they, they were to ask me, I would say, no, you do not need to get this on console. But I wanted the game. And so I was like booting up. And that's how I discovered the launchers and figured out. I was like, oh, wait, it's not on Windows, but it's on Steam. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what a bummer. Yeah. What a bummer. But it led me to another uh, Xbox Game Pass uh, game called rise of Nations. So I started playing that uh, Similar concept, but no zombies unfortunately, mm. and it was just funny because this that's how they get that's how it happens I'm playing one game I'm like man. This this is not made for console and then I'm going into Xbox uh, PC ver- land mm-hmm. and I'm downloading stuff off their game pass i never would have touched rise of nations it had it not I love and that. so it's just it was just a cool journey to go on But I'm I'll tell you this controls be damned i'm absolutely booting up they are billions again because the game's really fun (laughs) i love
0: it fun well actually as you're describing it it reminds me of PUBG, and i remember as that was coming over to xbox from the pc and people were getting their early impressions out on it and um describing how the controls don't feel good like that this game was built for pc and like the words didn't make any sense to me i didn't understand Mm -hmm. like what does that mean and then i got my hands on it i'm like yeah this does feel like it was built for pc like i'm like how how does this not get figured out when it's translated over but there's got to be a concerted effort um you know as somebody who you and i both focus our a lot of our attention to console gaming it just seems like that's inherent in the game design but that's definitely not the case so it's interesting to, to hear this pop up again i'm i'm curious the way that you landed with the next game on on uh pc game um xbox game pass for pc are you using that random button show me what i'm playing next is a little button little shuffle button (laughs) no
1: i actually went to the categories i was like well i like rts and i i I love it i love it i'll just go to strategy and i just went into the strategy ones and like you know when you open up strategy as a tab like you might get your mutant year zero uh or war i gotta play uh, that too oh my gosh oh my gosh yes but I wanted something more RTS and it was, I mean, it was quick two gigs download and I was playing right away. And yeah, it's complex, but it's not as bad as like a 4X game. Right. Um, and so I was, I was in there and I, I was playing and I'm enjoying it. It was just a fu- funny road to go down. You yeah. know, they are billions took me to a, a fun game called Rise of Nations. I was like, all right, cool. I dig it.
0: You know, this yeah. is the future.
1: It is indeed. Uh, I want to take us to another news cycle before I tell you another thing I've been playing. Uh, Microsoft has prototype controllers for their xCloud uh, devices, or rather phones, tablets, that run <laughs> xCloud. They're just prototyping controllers, which is not news. It's not surprising uh, in and of itself. But The Verge put out an article that uh, allowed gamers to kind of get conceptual views for things that, that Microsoft has been considering. And I saw you put the news story in here, and then I read up on it. I like it, man. I, I'm all for the ability to play on any screen, but I wonder how many people will buy a dedicated controller set for a mobile device. And I would imagine that it's not just xCloud that that motivates them. It'll be Stadia. It'll be remote play mm-hmm. on um, PlayStation, which I, would, I, I believe is coming. Uh, and so I would imagine some there becomes a market for these controllers that attach to your phone, whether they're branded Xbox, PlayStation, Stadia, what yeah. have
0: you. I think the the brand matters less than the mobile market has desperately needed a quality controller for somebody to use. I think they're I think they may exist in in small in small ways and, and in small groups that people know them, but there's not really a a really big push. And I think the majority or at least the, the mobile controllers, the Bluetooth kind of um Solutions that I've tried—they never feel quality, um, and not like a not like a console controller, and certainly not like an elite. Um, mm-hmm. And so that is—it it cheapens the entire experience. Like, you're, if what you're touching feels cheap, then you're, and the game looks cheap, like a mobile game. Then you're just mm-hmm. like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Like, so I think as we go into this new world of allowing the cloud to power the game, so they actually look good. Then mm-hmm. the controller has to match that. Now, what we see in this article from The Verge is, in my opinion, I think they look incredibly uncomfortable, but it does take us beyond the sort of like the back of an envelope sort of sketches that we see in these patent things that, that typically prop up or crop up. Sure. Um, it seems to add some validity to this. And I know they say this is just a test, but man, you, it, will, it will really remove the surprise when they finally do announce here's your controller that you're going to use on your phone or tablet when you're playing on xCloud.
1: And I want to give listeners an idea of what we're looking at. It's essentially, if you were to split a controller in half down down the middle uh, vertically, yeah. and attach them to the side of the tablet or the phone, and then you, you, it looks like a switch uh, in some ways. It's just controls attached to to a device. Now, very angular, is, very hard edges. It, and corners. it did look angular. It, it it echoed to me of what you would look like if you, you married uh, the boomerang controller from PS3 yep. to mm-hmm. a Switch um which just tells you how not ready for mainstream this probably is yeah. but it also in, in wake of the switch lite announcement it made me consider okay if you have adjustable plate like like you can adjust the placement of each side of the controller yeah. suddenly you can decide where those joysticks fit for your hand and how how you, how you deal with it the The joystick and the button mapping a bit, and so like there was something to that.
0: I noticed the same. I agree um that the, they seem to clamp onto the side of it, so there's definitely some some placement that you could you could adjust depending on like the perspective of the game or the the layout the layout and everything like that the way that the game is displayed um mm-hmm. and just what's comfortable for you. so that's that is interesting i i don't I'm curious to see where they go with this but but cool cool little uh, uh article that propped up this week.
1: It was a neat little aside uh for sure. Let's see. Moving right along here, my friend. I, I was playing, uh, before we before we got on this call, and starting yesterday, I was playing Crackdown 3. Ooh. Now, yeah, I, I tell you this, be, knowing full well that many people immediately like to jump to frustration when it comes to Crackdown 3. And I think you I just made it, some people one just of my favorite. flatulate. I mean, well, you, you just forced them to fart. fart. Go like, take a bath, guys. Disgusting. Um, it's not uh, very nice. Here's the, th- here's the thing. Crackdown is pure gameplay, right? It's just video game. It's pure gameplay. Mm-hmm. And I just completed, just, pr- just prior to you calling, I got the last uh, agility orb. And as Crackdown players, know, that's a big deal to get, get all 700 some odd. Snap. Holy orbs, snap, there's 700? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, agility. I didn't get the hidden ones yet. Um, uh, but I bring this up because they dropped in a ton of free updates, ton of free, like free achievements. I was having a blast. They put a wingsuit in there and a jet pack and it was just video game unleashed is what mm-hmm. it felt like. But I wanted to say that while the gameplay was a blast and anybody that liked crackdown, you need to check out the free DLC because it's really good and it's really fun. The races are cool. Um, but I was listening, I was using the Arctis nine X's remember last week when I said, and I talked about audio Ooh. being so important. Yeah and i was comparing these these the steel series arctis uh, 9x that they were good enough to send to the plantronics mm-hmm. uh, we had the rigs yep and it was so interesting and cool to me how impressive it was to search out orbs which have a little audio oh, cue yeah, whenever you're time. near them yep and it changed everything mm-hmm. about the way i was searching these out having a high powered highly capable headset on Searching these out it changed once again my gaming experience. It happened with. With Metro a few uh, weeks ago that we talked about, mm-hmm. and I had the rigs on, and it, cha- it it changed the game like Crackdown, which was amusing uh, and strange. And Then of course I played Gears and plenty of others. I put the arc just through its paces. Yeah, um, but it was just neat uh, once again to note how hardware was changing my interaction with software.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you going through that, dude. I've got a I've got a full on surround sound um, setup. Like I, I've got a, a decent home theater, but I don't often get to play games with it kind of like cranked and really going at it it's at its full bore anymore but i definitely experienced that that crackdown of like you use that that audio cue to go where is this thing Mm -hmm. so i think it's even heightened with a good set of of headphones um i'm curious about the the arctis do they like i'm what i'm finding with the rigs is that i leave them on because i'm i'm a i'm a big dum-dum and i I can't be a responsible person to press the off button so they don't just Mm -hmm. like sit there and run out of batteries like that's a small thing but how does the um how does the arctis work you
1: have to, so they connect via Bluetooth. Sure, uh, they don't. You don't need a dongle, which is one the first thing I liked. So I, I, to be very clear, I like the SteelSeries Arctis 9X, which they sent. Yeah, uh, they sent to me uh, more than the Rig 800s that we yeah. have. Um, I like it more, which is which is saying a lot because the, the rigs are rigs are, are really good. But there's no dongle uh, to plug into. You connect it via Bluetooth. Yeah. and you just button it'll sync in the way a controller syncs, and you're done. Yeah. Um, I do remember to turn it off. I haven't had a problem where I forget to turn it off, but the battery life's insane. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't notice a problem with battery on the rigs, but I, I know that I'm not re- having to recharge the, the Arctis at all, uh, at all the same amount. Like it's not, not even close. Like I, I can let that thing, I can use that for days on end before yeah. having to recharge it. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh the retractable mic, which was kind of neat. Like, I, as you know, Sean Capri, I enjoy a good snack whilst I play. Yes, you do. Uh, I, I sure do. And it was cool. Dirty was hands, so like, oh, just sticky don't... ass
0: hands, and your <laughs> smacking mouth. Filthy I am animal. not a
1: mouth smacker. First of all, stop right there. There are streamers <laughs> that mouth smack. I am not one of them. You lock that up right there. Like, lock oh, it it up. Was, you lock it up. <laughs> you lock it up. You lock it. But it was fun because I was like, oh, I, I don't have to flip it up or anything, and just like push it back in and, and it retracts, and you're good to go. And I was yeah. like, well, oh, that's a handy Satisfying. dandy little treat to enable my bad habit.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, it was they, they're great, man. They just think of like a controller. I'm I'm loving them. They, they got they a are, cool design. They, they look
0: nice, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you're liking them, dude. It's a cool experience. Yeah. I like it.
1: it, it it is really cool. So it was just, it was, I do want to clear one more, just to be very clear, uh, we got both for free. One yep. from FanFest, one that they sent me, and I, I still, I would choose the Steel Series any, any day of the week, which yeah. is a cool feeling to find something like that. They look
0: like, X, they look like they're made for Xbox, so I think both are, um, both are branded for Xbox, but it's like, they look like they've just got this nice little hint of, this is an elite sort of series. This, I feel like it, it, it complements the elite controller in a way, even though they're not related at all.
1: Yeah, you mean like with form factor? The form design? factor,
0: feel, uh, the actual look of it. Yeah, like performance. It's like this this upper tier of peripherals that you can get to just round out your experience.
1: I'm curious, do you think we'll see that happening more and more? Like we know Microsoft has a deal with Razer. We know that uh, the PC console base is is beginning to to blend even more so than it ever has before. Do you think we'll see form factors start to match up even more?
0: I definitely think I think um, Microsoft, in and of itself, has uh, paid particular attention to that. Probably since they launched the Surface, I think mm-hmm. is um, is when we really started to notice them kind of get a little better at industrial design. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely in response to uh, Apple, who's been doing it forever. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, we started to see that with the the Xbox One S and the Elite controller, and now the X, which is the most powerful but smallest Xbox ever. Mm-hmm. I am. I love this. I don't know. I don't think it matters for everybody, but I think um, to some degree, whether consciously or, or unconsciously, people are recognizing that this stuff looks good. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually would suggest, I would go so far to suggest that it played a role in the, um, the kickoff of this generation. The PS4 looked great. The Xbox One did not look great. It looked like it was bigger than my VCR, dude. And I mean, and
1: that's the thing, like, I I fully agree with you. Form factor, design, visual aesthetic, that matters a lot. Because if you're going to look at a four or $500 device on your shelf, you want to be pleasing to look at. Now, I don't care how many red rings of death that 360 gave, gave Microsoft designing something with that many vents that size. Yeah. uh, Gross. Yeah. Gross. Very gross. You know? Um, but yeah, you're right. The the X is the most powerful, and and it's sleek and it's beautiful. The mm-hmm. S is a gorgeous system. The SAT edition is what it is. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but form form factor <laughs> matters, and so yeah. I, I like it. I like seeing it from whether it's third party Steel Series, uh, Plantronic or uh, Razor, whoever's making con- uh, hardware for console gamers. I like to see that that nice simplicity. That that beauty is quite nice. Yeah, man. Indeed. Well, let's see here. We had a question. uh, We have several questions from our viewers today. I call them viewers. They watch. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for watching, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So our first question comes from Mr. Famous Seamus himself. He wants to know what other games apart from Cuphead we would like to see adapted
0: by Netflix. And then, you know, Sean, if you want to have Hulu in there, you can do that, too. Okay, sure. Uh, Hulu probably doesn't do anything as well. Uh, I actually have no idea. I don't have Hulu. Do we get Hulu in Canada? I don't know. My answer is ReCore. I think ReCore is a game that is mostly forgotten. Um, it, it had a high promise with that, that weird teaser that we first got in whatever E3, the 2014, maybe even, um, what I think that world is great. I had a really good time with with Recore. It just sort of it needed a patch, and by the time it got it, I was I was already moved on to it. So mm-hmm. I would like to I don't know, man, like the little like robot animals that you can kind of go from like one to the next. I think offers mm-hmm. sort of like a almost like a companion type of Monster of the Week kind of thing. You could mm-hmm. have a different you could have a different like, a, a different companion every week. So I think Recore would be kind of neat. I think it deserves something else. I don't know if it's a sequel or whatever, but um, I don't want that that um, that to be a one and done franchise. Okay, then let me ask you this because oh, and first of all, I do want to say Recore absolutely
1: a very good game, but it did take that patch and it lost its audience in that in that week. Not yep. the first time we've yep. seen that happening in the gaming verse. Yeah. Um. But with Recore, what you're describing to me sounds like it's
0: marketed towards like the eight, 9, 10 age yep. range. Um. To me, that sounds great. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, definitely. Um, it would it would gear towards um, a younger audience, and I, of course, I'm kind of skipping over some of the more, more obvious type of things, like like Gears of War. I think we've actually talked about before too. Um, sure. But Recore, I just think uh, I have a I have a soft spot in my heart for it, even though I would say it is a solid six or seven.
1: Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I thought of two. Two came to mind for me. The first one was Guacamele. Um, oh my I would god! Amazing. Really like to see a kid show in the Guacamele universe or uh, something that that really latched on to fun, positive heritage in a, in a, in a good and exciting way, but yep. silly. yeah, uh, And kind of captured the humor, but marketed a bit young. I would so like fun. that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and hear me out on this, uh, marketed to, to a mature audience, uh, the Titanfall universe. Now, I don't necessarily oh, mean Titanfall one. game, uh, but consider that Apex and Titanfall exist, and that universe does have history and backstory, and as they change the map in Apex Season 2, that ties into how... Uh, corporations dealt with creatures on certain planets you could really get some good uh, separate stories and maybe do it uh, what's that what's that show Black Mirror mm-hmm. uh, or you where you have a season that's dedicated to a certain set and then you move on or something like that I oh, think that would be a really a really cool universe to explore um, well, so that was what that was kind of my thought on that
0: Well, and that's sort of where I was going with with ReCore, is any game that that it feels like they've thought about this world prior to actually creating the game, um, I think qualifies for a nice Netflix adaptation. So a lot of research went in, obviously, to... Developing Cuphead and there's a great storyline and the characters seem like they existed before that game started. I think Recore is, is similar. Um, but if we're going outside of like exclusives, then then let me just uh let me highlight Mass Effect and Dragon Age, my friend. Those mm-hmm. I will eat up every single day, every single week for the rest of my life. If they adapted Mass Effect the, uh to be the modern day Star Trek, even though Star Trek probably still exists. And for Dragon Age to take over.
1: Picard just got an announcement. Calm it down. It looks, actually, that
0: looks good. That looks really good. I mean, <laughs> God. Does he age? He just, was he born an old man and just stayed a handsome old man this entire time? It's amazing. He, he and Keanu are living their lives in a way that we are not aware. That's for sure. Impressive. That's for sure. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's, and Paul Rudd. mean he's oh, over yeah. 50. I know. He's going backwards in time. I don't understand it. Uh, uh, but yeah, the Bioware games on TV, on Netflix, please. Yes. Because Sean awesome. also loves lore.
1: Yeah, and I think Dragon Age would be perfect. Yeah. Perfect.
0: You know, I would love a Dragon
1: Age uh, show, and I don't even like the games. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't dislike them. Just so much romancing. Uh, We had another uh, question from Edward Varnell at The Retro Code. He says, could Microsoft make their own Metroid game, and what art style will look good in 8K outside of 3D rendering? Um, Sean, I have no idea what he means about the art style in 8K outside of 3D (laughs) rendering. Uh, He wants to know what things are going to look good.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: All of them. Uh, sorry, Eddie, I don't know your actual uh, the answer to that one. But Microsoft making their own Metroid game, I assume
0: he means the Metroidvania Castleroyd approach. Sure. sure. Uh, like within any, an existing thing, like an existing franchise? Sure. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> God, we're really helping them out with this, aren't we? Well, as it's time to, to figure
1: out. What what he meant, I should have clarified prior to asking, but as far as, like, the Castlevania Metroidvania uh, design, is there any franchise or IP that Microsoft has its hands on that you'd like to see adapted?
0: Hmm. I don't know, man. I'm trying to think of, like, the, the Rare Replay sort of pantheon. Maybe there's something, like, with Jetpack or... I don't know. I don't know, dude. I, <laughs> I felt like Perfect Dark would
1: be a good fit. Yeah? Uh, because you want to detach from, perhaps, the old kind of, like lock it down go to this room shoot the bad guys move on because other franchises do that and do that well now yeah but if you had a, a character that kind of levels up and expands and explores uh, and, and improve upon the arkham formula i think you'd have something good there
0: that's probably the correct answer and and a lot because it was a um, perfect art followed Goldeneye, double seven 007 on 64's mission structure and i mm-hmm. i've said this once before at least i cannot believe that that has not been um duplicated it since then where you have like not only more difficult enemies, you have more enemies, but you have more um, mission objectives and more challenging mission objectives. Like how is that not mm-hmm. a thing as you go from easy to medium to hard where you have additional objectives, which make you explore the levels in new and interesting ways. Um, mm-hmm. Perfect dark because of that, because of it's already sort of uh, unique mission structure, I think would lend itself quite well to, to Metroid. So eventually edward we found ourselves with a pretty decent idea i think but nice one dude i like that a lot hey let's see what we can do there uh, let's see. Now, this
1: is one of the more interesting things that I, I noticed. For our cruise control topic today, we're going to be talking about Game Pass and specifically how developers uh, approach and deal with Game Pass. You and I often have an outside-looking-in approach, uh, Sean, and we reap reaped the benefits of a pretty low cost to entry to play so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was an article that came out via Eurogamer uh, that – Acknowledged how developers feel. With Dino Patty, uh, the co-founder of Playdead, saying that Game Pass is absolutely go- doing right and doing it correctly for developers. Whereas Fred Wester at Paradox Interactive, uh, so he's the ex-CEO of Paradox, he said that the Game Pass model is decent and improved over over some other subscription services, but it doesn't necessarily lend itself uh, itself to to games like City Skylines or Pillars of Eternity uh, as much as say. You know, something like a single player narrative. Yeah. Uh, and then Ben Decker, the Xbox head of gaming services, said, uh, We don't have a goal of being a subscription where you get all your content. It's meant to be additive to the ecosystem. So you're not supposed to just have Game Pass and that's the only thing you have. But I totally think you could. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, when you think of this, do you want game pass to become the subscription service the only one that you use the only way you access games on an xbox
0: i think it becomes maybe if it's not the only one which i think that that's a very pr spinny type of statement um it's sure. the primary one it's the go-to it be it, we've talked about this becoming like a system seller and a reason why you own xbox or participate in that ecosystem um so yeah, man. I think I think it's a huge reason, um, and it's certainly changed how I am consuming games very, very quickly. And it continues to build upon that now with with uh, PC. The one thing that I thought that was interesting with this article is um, all of the different takes and all of the, the different um, business deals that exist for service uh, subscription services where. On the consumer side, it all looks the same to us. We pay ten bucks a month, and we get all the Spotify stuff. We get all the Apple Music stuff. We get all the Netflix or Hulu or whatever. But what is um, what's interesting here is that there are different uh, deals that are made with the the right holders or the people who are creating the content. And it's either how many times the thing was viewed, or how many hours it's being consumed, or how long you want that thing up there. Like, there's a whole bunch of different business models behind the scenes that. Like frankly I just don't even really consider I think we wonder and then just kind of go about our day and think they're all the same but the way that these that the the developers and the publishers are compensated is very interesting um which is kind of why I wanted to explore that a little bit it's I don't know what your take on this on this article was but I was enthused to see at least uh, mostly positive feedback coming from a lot of people uh, involved from that end I
1: was equally enthused I, w- I was very glad to know that it was not uh, nickel and diming and scamming out of developers. We've right, seen that happen right. a lot with some of the major players in gaming. Um, anything from something as shady and awful as like G2A to to just hearing that maybe you know developers don't get the the cloud from being on PlayStation Plus or Xbox Gold that they maybe wanted to in a certain setting, that there are success stories and failures, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was glad to know that it was a, a positive thing, and I think that's a very good set of news, given that, that Steam and Epic are ramping their war up, that Stadia is going to be entering the market. The idea that Game Pass is doing right by devs, that's building rapport. On the back end, whereas we play the games, this is building
0: business. The other the business side of things that that is really interesting, too, is that you never really know how things are going to go. You can have your best plan and you don't know how Mm -hmm. things are going to go until you go live, until you launch. And um, that's why I really think that Microsoft is doing such a great job with this is um, they're learning all the lessons right now. And they're still Mm -hmm. managed to uh, launch a service and and a product that we all think is great. Like we're all already sold on it, um, mm-hmm. but they i feel like they get ahead of the game on their competition on Nintendo and PlayStation because they're—they've uh, started at a better place and they're mm-hmm. continuously learning how to work with these devs to go. We got to make it better for you too. So I mm-hmm. thought it was—I thought it was pretty interesting, and I think it. Um, like I'd never really considered Game Pass ever not existing, but this mm-hmm. I guess solidifies that that I was is not completely unfounded.
1: It's—it's it's a strange level of hubris too, because to have to recover your brand amongst. Gamers is one thing, but to have to, to recover your brand amongst developers and publishers, that's another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea that, that they're still going strong after what I would say is botching it in the early launch of the of the mm-hmm. X1. Uh, I'm glad to see that this this is happening, that people are, are high on it. And I will tell you, I'm fortunate to be podcasting with you about it during this time because, because with Game Pass, I have found myself exploring new horizons in that – I'm saving money on games. I'm not having to buy gears. not having to buy a number of games now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm exploring nicer technology to enjoy along with it. The hardware on the hardware side. Moreover, uh, looking forward – I totally lost the point that I was making. I had a great thought, Sean. It was just there,
0: and it's gone. I well, I should let you know that there's a guy on the side of the road. He's washing out his car. He's got the vacuum cleaner going on, and I thought, look at him making that car all clean and shiny. And guess what he's doing? He's smoking a cigarette the whole time. You
1: you said car, and you got me back on. Track. I nailed it. I'm fortunate I knew it. to be. I'm fortunate to be podcasting with you because I can explore <laughs> VMR wallet new hardware, which is neat. Yeah. Um, but also. <laughs> We got Forza Horizon 4 in Game Pass, (laughs) and now I'm over here, and I'm like, man, you know that LEGO DLC looks real good. All right, how much to just upgrade to Ultimate? It's got the James Bond cars that I wasn't going to buy separate, and now I'm like, wait, I didn't pay for this game. But how about if I bought that expansion set, like just the add-on, and then just used it with my Game Pass version? Would that be cheaper? And now I'm looking at investing more money in a game that I didn't pay anything for in the first place, or at least not by way of subscription. So what a funny, strange uh, side effect of Game Pass that is probably exactly what they intend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here I am like, hmm,
0: yes, maybe I should get the ultimate edition of Forza. Yeah, man, it's it's the whole, like, give you a little taste. The first taste is free or free-ish, and then, but there's a whole lot more that uh, you wouldn't even be exposed to. It's like when you buy um, NFL Sunday ticket. You can get it free on Fox if you like or or mm-hmm. uh, CBS maybe if you prefer. Um, but yeah, man, you, you, it unlocks a whole bunch of different possibility so i'm i really loving it there's a whole bunch of different options for everybody playing games um all over the place i had another thing i was going to talk to you about and i totally can't remember what it was so i'm just oh, gonna go oh, back to watching it's... this guy watch out his car with the cigarette in his mouth you're gonna oh, drop the ashes it's... dummy <laughs> what if he catches the ash in the vacuum cleaner that'd be amazing what a day we mm-hmm. are having a day of brain farts and good
1: games that's just how we do it sean uh guys you can find me oh that's Twitter, the end at at, well, it's the end uh, <laughs> at MLS reserves on Twitter uh, or over on mixer.com slash insipid ghost. And I welcome you guys there. I put up. Oh, I put up a cool video on Twitter uh, that is doing quite well, celebrating the pride celebrations uh, from last month and then this past week in London, which I was really happy about, it has pinned in my profile for another few days before I do. Uh, another update and sean where can we find you my friend
0: currently sitting beside the car wash apparently but on the internet you can find me on twitter at sean capri you can find me on twitch at twitch.tv slash sean capri where i stream on tuesdays and thursdays and every once in a while you get to decide what i play in an over elaborate scheme to have um i don't even know what luke it's a good time i don't know what i'm playing next other than division two tonight uh, so i guess we just do the doot 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 doot, doot. Do I say anything else now? Oh, no. okay. <laughs>